0: Today on the Homeboys podcast, we are talking landlords.
1: And we're going to talk about the different types of landlords, everything from institutional landlords to your mom and pop people next door landlords, what to love and hate about each type.
0: Stay tuned. You're kicking it with the Homeboys. Hey, everybody, you're kicking it with the Homeboys and the Homeboys podcast. We've got a very exciting topic today, one that is going to rile one side up. And another side is probably going to be with us, but it's something that is very important to discuss. We are talking
1: landlords. That's right. We're going to talk about uh, the different types of landlords, everything from institutional landlords to your everyday mom and pop, and uh, and the people that are just out there getting started as a landlord. And we're gonna we're going to uh, stir up the pot a little bit. We know there's a lot of strong emotions out there regarding landlords. Some do people, now. some people hate them for just they're all terrible. How Dare Us Be Landlords? And we're going to break down ways that um, the small investors can be better landlords, too. It's good to see you. Good to see you.
0: Kind of want to get into this. It's been a few weeks since we've been in the recording room together because you've been on a beach. And the week before that, I was on a beach. So Living the dream. I got this nice golden tan. (laughs)
1: Yeah. don't. I'm wearing a hat because I'm peeling up top. Yeah, it's part of the problem of being bald. Yeah, when
0: you're as when you're as pasty white as I am, SPF 100 is your friend. Yeah, and uh, shade and um, yeah, I don't I don't risk it. But uh, anyhow, it's good to be back with you. Good to be back. Um, And uh, this is a, a topic that I say when we left to go on our you know couple week hiatus there that we didn't think was as divisive as it actually is, but we had. A few social media things explode, Um, I guess you could say went viral, and it was really about landlords.
1: Right. Yeah, we we got to see kind of both sides of it where um, there's some people who just think tenants are just lazy, terrible, you know, leeches, and that all landlords are just greedy scumbags, and there's no gray area, apparently, Um, and they're all the same.
0: Let's 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 add a little context to this before we t- completely jump in. Sure, you know, I I had shared a story about a tenant that, you know, for no particular uh, you know spiteful reason, she was just behind on her rent, and um, you know our office has collection efforts when people don't pay their rent. You know, we do contact them. We just don't let them go without without paying. Um, But out of spite, because it's
1: amazing that you had to just explain that Mm -hmm. when someone doesn't pay. I
0: wouldn't have until I saw a lot of these reactions. Um, You know, it's it's just it's bananas. But this particular tenant had ran the water in uh, two bathrooms and a kitchen the entire day while she was at work to spite the owner of the property, who happened to be me. Uh, because there was only one wa- water meter at the property, and it was a duplex, and I was paying the water at this particular property. We don't do that very often, but uh, but anyhow, was running up, you know, crazy, you know, water bills, and some of the comments just blew me away. Like there was one comment: "Good for her, death to landlords." Mm-hmm. Well, I guess there's someone out there that wants me to die because I wanted, uh, you know, the the rent that this woman agreed to pay in her lease, that our office was trying to collect. Uh, you know, comments that all landlords are leeches. You know, shame on landlords. It's a horrible profession. Um, anyhow, I I took it with a grain of salt. I, uh, I joked with our producer. I, I I told him I thought that you were just up. Late at night in your basement, just like saying, "What is everybody doing?" <laughs> Writing a manifesto, <laughs> you know, debt to landlords. <laughs> but uh, but it is it's it's wild. Like I, you know, I I know that um, there's a new camp um, in the younger generation where um, you know you see you know the the socialist thing has a movement. I'm not saying anything for or against that. I'm not getting into a political discussion, right. and I don't know if that plays you know into it. But it's just. Uh, I was shocked by it, by the comments. It was split 50, 50, you know, a lot of people then would come back and say, well, why would you be mad at the landlord? What did, you know, what did he do? Right. But um, it caused some inter- interesting discussions here within the office because I think the reason why we, we talked about it so much is we take a lot of pride in what we do and we feel like we run a very ethical, moral business and to see someone calling for us to die um, it was pretty shocking,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pretty shocking. I mean, I know you yeah. suck, but, uh, right. but I mean, for them to say that about me, it was really yeah. troubling.
1: I, I hear it every day when I walk <laughs> in my front door at home. <laughs> I'm just kidding. My wife is an amazing woman. She's who, a saint. Yeah, she's a saint. Um, yeah, it, it was shocking in some ways in that there is just a blanket hate. And I saw it from both sides. I saw it a blanket hate towards all landlords, period. They all suck. And a blanket hate towards tenants too. They're all lazy and leeches. And um, and it's just gross. This is weird to me. And and I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, which we wanted to kind of clarify today. And, and I think this Will will help folks who are interested in in investing in real estate understand there there really are two different two different types of landlords. There's there's the institutional, corporate, large landlords, and then
0: that a lot of people probably don't understand exists. That we'll, right, we will, we will discuss that. But. And then
1: there's the mom and pop or the small ones or even small groups like ours. Now, we are landlords of up to about 900 or 1,000 properties, however many properties we manage. We don't own all of those. We are a property management company that serves our clients who own those so that these mom and pops Mm -hmm. don't have to do it themselves. And we specifically have turned away institutional business. We specifically do not work with institutional money in large groups. In fact, Clint Mm -hmm. almost threw one of these institutional groups CEO or whatever you would call him, out of a second story window at one point. That is a true story.
0: I was pretty ticked off.
1: Because I think that they are the ones that have given a bad name to the, to the landlord. And I know there's individual landlords that suck too and are greedy and are unfair. Um, but these institutional landlords, it's a whole group that is really strange and as specifically in the last 10 years has accelerated into the single family market. So I think it's something that we need to discuss.
0: I think it's important to talk about um, you know what each is. I think it's going to be great to go back to institutional landlords um, and really hit on that particular story because I think it helps paint a picture of what institutional landlords are. And you played a key part of that. It wasn't just me wanting to kick this guy's – No. You know what? Because you actually saw the light before I did in that you were against us even representing them before we took them. So I want to kind of walk through that. But before we get into institutional landlords, mom-and-pop landlords, let's go backwards and let's just – what does Scott Adams think that the most people – how what they perceive a landlord to be like if like they're just your average everyday person that hears the term landlord what what do you think that people
1: think that is it's a guy living in an ivory tower in the penthouse just cashing checks and counting money and just just charging as much as he can for people, and if they get a month behind, screw them, throw them out on the street, just
0: like a dude, yeah, you know, a dude that's greedy, correct, and trying to right. get into the pockets of society, right? Um, you think that's what it is? I do, and and
1: part of the reason I think I this is because I thought that at one point in time. So my family went through a tough time. Um, I was in sixth grade, and and you know my whole the whole background, and, and my, my uh, dad was uh, drinking a bit too much then, and we had to move out of our house because it was going to be foreclosed on, and, and we moved into a rental house. First, we moved in with my grandma when I was in sixth grade, my mom and myself, and we rented a, a, a condo in Carmel, and we got a month behind, and I don't know why I even knew this. I was a child at the time, but I guess when you're in hard times, kids pick up on more than you mm-hmm. think. And I remember thinking that freaking landlord is going to kick us out of here over one month's rent. That evil landlord. Mm-hmm. You know. So I remember thinking this way myself. Right. And, and I grew to understand it better. That I mean, this was literally the best kind of landlord you could have. It's a lady who had been divorced, bought the condo when she was divorced, got remarried, so they moved into a house. And she decided to keep that condo as a little rental because she loved it. You know, so on my limited perspective at the time, I think it's similar to what we see out there, which is that greedy ass landlord. Right. Instead, it was a sweet lady who just was trying to pay her own mortgage on that place. And we were in there. You know, so I think that's the perspective yeah. of people.
0: Well, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's it's hard for me to wrap my hands around, I guess, because I've been a landlord for so long. Yeah. Um, but. You Know everyone that knows me, and I don't know why I feel like I'm trying to, you know, cover myself or you know, try to sell myself to the <laughs> general know. public, but you know, um, and you too. I mean, well, I got out there and is, defended greedy you first. is greedy is not something that anyone would describe you as or you. Um, I'd like to think the same about me, it's true. So it was, was kind of weird reading those comments. I mean, it was a viral clip with you know, what two and a half million. You know views um of it but you know it it was a good learning experience for us too to see what uh what the public thinks so we've we've guessed at what we think most of the general public think a landlord is right um and i would agree so um that would kind of fall into what we're our discussion on mom and pop landlords but i want to first get into institutional landlords or wall street landlords i don't think there's a lot of people that have any clue what we mean by institutional landlords and we can kind of get into our experience you know with institutional landlords it's very limited right but we have that one experience that i think people will find interesting why don't you break down what an institutional landlord or a wall street landlord is
1: so if you would ask me this question 10 years ago the answer would have been it is a group of investors that own apartment complexes or um mostly commercial type of properties and like an apartment building and they rent them out however in the last 10 years what's happened is those same groups and wall street wall streeters have purchased up single family homes and are now dominating the single family rental market so they just buy they're buying houses in normal nice neighborhoods and turning them into rentals and those institutional um, investors are using mostly other people's money, which means that they raise capital. They're, they're, um, they put a prospectus out saying we're going to buy 5,000 homes in Indianapolis and we need to raise, you know, a billion dollars. And investors give them money and they expect a certain return. Keep in mind,
0: we're just throwing numbers out. Yeah, yeah, and those th- numbers don't th- work. But th- thin air, but yes. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and so keep in mind these institutional people, it's not even their money they're messing with. So they're divorced on the side of the money and they're divorced on the side of even the management part. It's a cold calculated business for them. They don't have any thoughts or feelings on any individual houses or the tenants within them. They're, they are, they are that ivory tower. um, But it's not someone living in a penthouse. It is a three floors of a office in downtown New York. That is the landlord. Right. So what does that do to
0: the housing market? Let's just speak from what we know here in Indianapolis. What has that done to the housing market here in Indianapolis?
1: Well, it's done a few things. I'm going to start with the rental side, um, which is it has driven rents up, as we've seen. Across the country, rents are up. Um, Because they've taken the emotion out of it. Uh, They know that housing is short right now, and they understand that inflation is happening. And so... They have raised rents at a rate that the world has never seen before. Period. It is the fastest in history that rents have increased, and that squeezes a lot of people. Uh, for an example, our our average rents are about twelve hundred, I think, ish, ish. Mm-hmm. And I believe in they're in the same neighborhoods as us. Their average rents are approaching fifteen hundred. So we're talking people who really push rents. You know, it's it's. Uh, it's become there's a clear difference between them and everyone else. So they've pushed the rents. On the other side, they have bought up so much housing that there's no housing available for first-time home buyers, thus creating their own renters. So this younger generation, a lot of millennials are at that point where they would be buying their first home, and they can't. They're just not out there, and the prices have gone up too fast, too high on those first-time homes, and it's – 90% of the reason behind that is the institutional money coming in.
0: And it makes it hard for you. We're going to talk about mom and pop landlords. And for our discussion, and technically we are mom and pop landlords. For sure. You know, um, Or heart, we
1: represent them.
0: Or we represent them. That it's made it hard for what I call the good landlords. And, yes, people, we are the good landlords. Lay off of us. <laughs> um, you know, it's made it, it makes it hard for us to compete. I'll give you a great, for example – um my wife and i went to a dinner party at a friend's house that um, he's moving he's been in this house for 15 years and he wanted to have a dinner party it's kind of like his saying goodbye to the house that he's been into for 15 years and it's in a neighborhood here in fishers indiana one that you and i used to invest in a lot back 15 um, years ago that used to it was a newer neighborhood back then, and the foreclosure rate in in those times was high. So we were we were in there a bunch. But he had a uh, fourteen hundred square foot ranch on a slab, uh, vinyl siding um, homes that I, could, early in my career, in your career, we would be buying for 80000 dollars foreclosed. He sold it to one of these institutional landlords for $310,000. And, you know, first of all, whenever he said that, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You got three, and I know this guy well enough that it wasn't an insult. In fact, the guy used to work here for us. Right. Um, You know, and it wasn't an insult to him. And I was like, man, you got $310,000 for this plan? It's like, you know, just one street over in 2006, <laughs> I bought one in here for 65. Right. you know
1: that was crazy on its on its own but then there was a couple of houses in this neighborhood that are really plain ranches with a detached garage you know the pl- mm-hmm. floor plan i'm talking about mm-hmm. i bought one of those for $42,000 42 grand 42,000 right. yeah. so the
0: small ranch goes for 310 i know we've got lots of people that listen to us on the west coast we're talking some bigger numbers in indiana i know it's different for you guys but what I found even more crazy is I got on and saw that this institutional landlord had it um, listed for rent for nineteen hundred dollars. Right. And yeah. I mean, those numbers are so bad, and something that we would never, you know, do for us or one of our clients. It's just it's, it's bad.
1: It's bad all around. It's it's bad returns for the institutional money. It's bad for the tenant because that's overpaying for a rental. It's bad for anyone trying to buy a house in that neighborhood. The only person that wins is someone who can sell right now and has somewhere else to go that they don't have to buy or rent right now.
0: Mm-hmm. It's in the, the gap that it creates in the market with first time home buyers and there's no there's nothing available because they've all gobbled them up. Um, you know, these are the people that are that are destroying, you know, our our fair market system, if you will, as as far as housing goes.
1: They're using other people's money. I think that's one of the keys to it. It's not their own money.
0: Correct. There are no emotions.
1: No. And if someone had to really sit down and look at this, they wouldn't do it. But when it's other people's money, you can just look at the lowest common denominator and try to hit these returns and make your fees. So I understand, you know, it's funny because we get vilified as landlords and yet we're over here vilifying landlords and, I just, there's a difference between them and folks like us and our clients. You know, there's just a big there difference. Is. And I need people, I, I don't need anyone to understand anything. You can hate whoever you want, but you're an idiot if you hate all landlords.
0: It's true. Know? And, you know, just to, to, to go back, you know, we had um, an institutional company come to us about 10 years ago. and. They had a presence in Indianapolis, and they were, you know, expanding to several other markets. And they were looking for property management, and you were against it. You know, it was wasn't our typical business model, um, but I saw that there was going to be a lot of homes to be managed, and I didn't want to turn it down. And I went against you and said we're going to manage this institution, their their, their properties. Um, you know, and like you said, we we normally deal with we have relationships with the people that we deal with. Where they're emotionally involved. It's it's part of their retirement portfolio. It's you know they they, they care about it. You know, this was completely different. Um, you had a guy down from Wall Street that um, treated everybody like complete crap. Uh, didn't want to fix the houses up, you know, the the, the right way. Wanted to overcharge um, rents and then. Complain to our staff. Um, this is a different time. Nothing's on the market now, but back then you had to be priced appropriately to for it for it to move. Then would complain to the staff. Um, you know, and the was, the was, only
1: thing missing with this guy was the flashy car, and then he would have been all over TikTok as some guru douchebag.
0: Maybe no, you now I don't know. I yeah. I know I don't want to. I don't ever want to see him again. But anyhow, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back is he. Was was uh, using very foul language with the staff and dropping f bombs and uh, just showing no respect. And you know, I've, we've touched on this show before. We, you know, we have a lot of loyalty here within our the walls of our office. And I I told him to, you know, he could come back and invite him to the parking lot first, mm-hmm. and then
1: you wanted to you take know, show him the shortcut to the parking correct. lot, Out the second out story the window. window,
0: yeah. Um, then we agreed, we agreed upon a different approach, and he could come back at 9 o'clock the next morning and mm-hmm. pick up all of uh, his keys and leases, and then, you know, if he ever stepped... And kiss your ass. If he ever stepped foot <laughs> back in our office again, he knew that, you know, it was on.
1: Um, so basically you're saying you get it. You get why there's some landlord hate.
0: He was, a, he was a, a a nasty person that treated people like crap, and, you know, I, I, we don't put up with that crap here. And like I said, many times where I'm from, those are the people that get asked to the parking lot, and he was no different um, you know, I I'm mad. Even you know, Jack can see that that little peckerhead's face, mm-hmm. and I. You I, still want to punch him? I do. I don't like him. Yeah, you know, uh,
1: he's a bad person, and agreed. he treated other other people as as means as steps he could step on to get ahead in life. Correct. You know, and that that's what we see out there, and those are the kinds of people that give landlords a bad name, and and then on the other end of this stick, our clients are all mom and pops, mm-hmm. and we really care about these people. So I get defensive like you said. I was sitting at home all this landlord hate sitting at home going what, are, you know, what are they doing? Why are they why are they complaining about landlords? The reason I it hurts a little is because I care about our clients so much because they're normal people. Mm-hmm. They aren't sitting in some ivory tower. These are some folks who literally the only way for them to ever help pay for their kids college was to take a route that was a little different and a little harder. And to do that, they bought some rentals and they, they took the risk. You know, these aren't rich people. These are people who are taking a risk at life, working hard to try to reach that next level in life. So they don't have to be tenants themselves.
0: And we're very picky about who, who we work with mom and pop level. Very picky. If in fact, if there's a high level of greed Or uh, you know, not treating people with respect, we won't work with them. Like I don't want them. I'm you're at a point in your life, and I'm at a point in my life. any, I don't care. I don't care if you got 50 homes. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. We just turned someone away that 25 homes last week because they didn't kind of fit in with our system. But you know,
1: I think it would shock people to really understand how many times you and I say no to someone. They come to us, and if they're they smell sleazy, greedy, any of those things. We literally say no to them. We say no.
0: You know, we've got a we've got a, a one of our our um, I guess he's one of our biggest clients, but is also one of our most favorite people to work with. That just bought a large apartment building that you and I used yeah. to own. And, you know, and that apartment building um, has someone that has lived in that apartment building for like twenty five years. That uh, you know that he reinherited him as a tenant whenever we bought the building. Yeah, bless his heart. And you know he's got he's got cancer and he's 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 not in a good spot. And whenever we bought the building. Um, you know, we talked to, we talked to the gentleman and just a sweetheart of a man. And, um, you know, I'm talking about the tenant and we said, look, man, you don't have to, you don't have to worry about your rent. You know, we're, we're, we're going to cover it for you and you can live here as long as you want. Well, we, we ended up selling the building and we had a conversation, you know, with the new owner and he's like, Oh no, I I'll totally pay for his rent. Right. It's fine. You know, this is you know, this is not just about, about money. It's also about doing the right thing. And, you know, mom and pomps, are the only defense against these right. institutional scumbags. I know. So, you know, everybody needs to get on board with the mom and pop's right. because those are the only people that can help us through this situation until the government I steps agree. in and doesn't allow this bullshit to happen.
1: Yeah. They're they are the ones out there doing it right and trying to help people. And so to shit on them is it's just unfair. And I saw one of the solutions that someone said was we'll have the state Um, You know, the state should be in charge of all of this. Well, I just, what was I telling you yesterday? Mm -hmm. The Indianapolis housing agency is insolvent and they're going to be selling their apartments that they give people discounts on. And the people in there are begging for them to sell it because they haven't had maintenance or working toilets in, in over a year. Right. So if you think that's the solution, the state giving you government housing is not the answer. Yeah. I mean, sadly it's not. So. To me the most the most kind best way to find the best landlord is these mom and pops. So I just I hate to sit here and try to defend them so much but the truth is they're the best landlords that are available and a lot of them work with compassion. There's a lot of groups like us who genuinely care about providing a quality home and aren't trying to rip every tenant off and get the max market. We rent houses specifically for below market rents. And it's not just out of kindness. It's because we build a relationship with that tenant and our tenants stay forever in our houses. And that ends up being a great return for our clients and for us. So there's some selfishness in it, but at the same time, you know we operate with kindness in there. And there are a lot of folks like us out there. I'm sorry if you've never experienced that as a tenant, but once you did, you would realize that that's the answer.
0: I think there's just a lot of people living in their mom and dad's basement that just can't stand anyone that's doing something to try to better their financial future for them or for their children. That they just feel like if you are in anything for profit or that you're a hard worker, then you're the scum of the earth. And I think it's a real problem in our society. Our Freaking society
1: is lazy, yeah.
0: you know, and I agree. You know, everyone's pointing fingers saying, oh, I'm not where I want to be. You know, it's the right. Rocky speech that we always talk about in here. Because of him,
1: because of my landlord, because of this, because of that, you know, I, I, we haven't gone through our personal stories, but you and I started off with nothing, both of us, literally zero, nothing. zero, and we scraped and fought our way and it was not a straight path for either of us. The ups and downs, and the battles, and the and the working twenty-hour days for years at a time, three sixty-five um, to get ahead. I'm proud of that stuff. And so for the people who sit at home in their mom's basement, you know, clickety clacking on their keyboards about you know how bad, how evil all landlords are, they they can kiss it.
0: Well, the reason why we, we this came up is because. People questioned our integrity, and it didn't really bug me, at all, you know, because I just I know how stupid a lot of society is. But um, you know, now that we've talked about it, it, kinda, it kinda, <laughs> right. it's kind of it kind of got under my skin. Now right. you know, what? I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you know, well,
1: I'm so proud of our clients, and it's I, like, am, I feel oh, I like am they're too. being attacked, and When I, they right, attack I'm, landlords. I'm proud of
0: us. You know, yeah. we we did start from nothing, built something slowly, you know, over time. You know, it's got us in a position where we're able to give back. And grow God's kingdom in a way that that uh, you know that we feel like other people should be doing. You know we're um, you know the platinum sponsor or gold sponsor of a of a cancer benefit. You know this weekend, uh, right. you know we we pay the rent for um, a, a homeless charity in Southern Indiana. You know tens of thousands of dollars a year that we pay for them to be in this in this building. Because you know we we want to we want to give back, and then for someone to come out and you know you know trash a person, you know those two things that I said do would literally put ten thousand dollars in your pocket or ten thousand dollars in my right. pocket, and then this person is sitting in their parents' basement complaining about some, you know landlords. You know what have they done? Right. You know,
1: which is the challenge that I always say, which I th- I know some people think is weird. So these people who are sitting in their mom's basement or sitting at home bitching about I'm not where I want to be and and screw all these landlords. I have a challenge to them, which is to watch our show, to watch other shows like ours. You can create financial freedom. You can be a great landlord. You can change the world. You can quit bitching about landlords and become a good one. Yes, I'm saying the people who hate landlords should actually become a landlord. I know that's counterintuitive, but they should because it's a way to financial freedom, and it's a way to solve the things they're complaining about. If you don't like the way the world is and you don't like the way landlords are – The easiest way to change it is to become one and do it better. I challenge you to do it.
0: I love that, man.
1: It's true. It's great. It's true. Do it. Right. You can do it. We started with zero. You can too. There's a lot of other folks like us who really do give you the great tips to figure out how to do it. It's going to take a ton of work. It's going to be difficult. But you can do it with zero. If you're at negative $70,000 right now in debt, you can still do it
0: institutional bad mom and pop good it's so, so true it sounded like emperor palpatine yeah. on star wars yeah. Cool. yeah and you know who
1: else i want to throw in with those institutional <laughs> bad are those freaking douchebags all over social media with their fancy cars I, there's nothing wrong with a fancy car but just the way they flex it you know well that's that's the
0: problem we, we got to wrap up but you know, a lot of people, you know, TikTok, Facebook, you know, Instagram, you see these gurus who <laughs> make give mom and pop landlords a bad name. These gurus that are doing that crap, it's a very small percentage, and most of them are just trying to get into your pocket to make you think that you should be driving a McLaren. Doesn't work that way. That's not the way the world works. They're so. trying to
1: sell you education, not real estate. You know, if someone is trying to sell you real estate education, that's the number one thing, the first thing you should do is your spidey senses should go off and you should beware. They're not all terrible. I'm sure there's some real estate educators out there that are worthwhile. However, there's enough of this that's free out there that those kind of people, a lot of the times they're not real successful in real estate. They're successful in selling you education.
0: That's our show for today. We got a little worked up again. We got to calm down. I need to Woosa. go get a bush light and yeah. kind of kind of relax. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You would love a bush light right yeah, now, I wouldn't would. you? But uh, but anyhow, that it's a very important discussion. Please take inventory for yourself. Know what the difference is between institutional and mom and pop landlords. Institutional landlording it has really really changed the climate of real estate investing. It's important for you to know all those that you all all those out there that think that all landlords are bad. Get out of your parents' basement. You can follow us at At the Homeboys Pod on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram. Keep watching. Till next time, happy investing.